Hey guys, it's me, Julie. And Jeremy. And we're still asking. What the health? Jeremy, what what the health is up with you, man? Great question. Such a good question. <laughs> so insightful. Yeah, we have this. I'm so excited about this segment. It's this, so good. It, we spent more time talking about what to name this segment than actually, I think, making notes on this segment. <laughs> but we, we, we're going to call this segment Intrusive Waiting Room Thoughts. Basically, all the questions that you wish you could ask your doctor, but you don't because... Well, it may be obvious, but ultimately (laughs) the first one we wanted to start with the first intrusive waiting room thought that we thought would be a good, you know, introduction for everybody is why are you still in the waiting room? (laughs) What am I doing here? Why am I still waiting for this doctor? I know. My my, my knee doesn't even hurt anymore. I think I'm just going to (laughs) leave. Yeah. I didn't even want to make this appointment. Uh, Yeah intrusive thoughts intrusive thoughts so i'm going to tell you a story i love that we're going to do multiple different types of intrusive waiting room thoughts but the waiting aspect comes up all the time and this Mm -hmm. is such a perfect one and i remember when i was a resident physician i went and saw a doctor and i was taken back to the room so i kind of thought all right i'm up and i got to that room and i didn't see that doctor for 90 minutes i was in that room for 90 minutes yikes and i remember halfway through thinking they forgot about me totally they, they completely forgot about me i the lights are going to turn off i'm going to sleep here because <laughs> you don't i have to go home but you can't stay here yeah well cuz cuz i don't have the balls to also open the room and be like hey i'm still in here and also yeah. as a physician i know how much that disturbs sometimes when people look outside the door and i was yeah. like I, i'm just going to end up sleeping in this in, in this room have you ever have you ever had to wait for a doctor julie oh yeah totally yeah and you're stuck in that room either in the waiting room or in the and you know you're sitting in the paper gown in in the actual exam room itself and you know i'm cold i i don't like being in here i can hear you talking out there <laughs> come come talk in here with me or like if you're stuck in the waiting room itself with the stupid hgtv in the background and you know some some lady goes ahead of you and you're like what the hell i got here first why are you going ahead of me who's even back there are there other doctors back there i have to pee what if i go to the bathroom if i come back will they think that i left like did they yeah did they forget about me it's it's really it's really anxiety provoking because you feel like you don't really have any control over it and you don't want to be you know the squeaky wheel who's like you know is it my turn yet you know it's (laughs) The whole thing sucks. It really does. It, and and we, we yeah, I'm you know patients. Doctors are patients too. So we we've we've experienced it from that end, and we know how much it sucks. And that's why we're talking about it in this segment. Perfect first intrusive waiting room thought. <laughs> let's break it. Let's break it down for everybody. Let's go step by step on people coming to the office and why you end up growing roots in the waiting room chair. Totally. Well, yeah, I think we should sort of like go through the flow that a patient goes through when they check in, at least how it works sort of in our offices. And, you know, first thing is they, well, first they make an appointment, you know, so 
that's you know they have a problem they call and probably have to wait <laughs> you know yeah. that's the other thing too is like the, it's like the pre-waiting you know of like well just to even make the appointment i might need to call some hotline and leave a message and wait for someone to call me back so yeah there's just so much like built in anxiety and and frustration even even before like you get to like you know stand toe to toe with the physician who's there to help you with your problem um but like okay so say you make the appointment you're good or you do it online or whatever and you know like all right I, i'm supposed to be at the doctor's office at 9 15 on monday um yeah like what is what do you think 9 15 really means jeremy like would you say okay i'm gonna get there exactly at 9 15 like what you know I can tell you what I do now. It's show up at nine fifteen because that's <laughs> the way my life works. And right. but I do also know that there's a million other things that have to get done before I get in the room. So when you go sign in at the front desk and you have those like we still use those awesome like sign in sheets that have the stickies and stuff. Yeah. And you're like, what century is this? So you you sign in and you're like, okay, this is my place. I'm here. All right, nobody behind me is getting in before me. Okay, right. and you go and you go and sit down. This is where all those questions you just talked about. So let's answer some of them. Okay. Yeah. What if you go well, to the bathroom? If you go to the bathroom, I would hope that, the, yeah, the, the front desk staff would be aware of that. Usually they, they let us know. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure your front desk staff has told you like, hey, just so you know, you're 915. She's here, but she needed to go to the bathroom. She'll be right back. And it's like, all right, cool. I, you know, because usually, you know, um, most I mean, I think all doctor's offices are required to use some type of electronic health recording system. So for ours and with, you know, it lets us know when the person has arrived and when they've like actually checked in and completed any forms that need to be done. Yeah, there's um, a there's a sea of colors, I like to call it in ours. Yes. <laughs> so once you've arrived, you turn purple in our chart. Yes, and, and then the goal you have is to eventually turn green because that's when right. I'm going to be seeing you. Um, but ultimately, those colors give me a lot of anxiety. But trust me, I know you're here because you're purple. Yeah. So you can go uh, pee. You can go pee as long as you fine. you can even go to the front desk person and say, hey, did you turn me purple? All right. I'm going to I'm going to, I'm going to pee. <laughs> They'll look at you kind of funny, probably. But <laughs> yeah, you have inside information for for at least we we use Athena. So yeah. I don't I don't know what colors every other electronic health record. is. Yeah. But if you if you find out somebody uses Athena, ask if you turn purple and then you can go you can go use the restroom. <laughs> Maybe they use a different Greek goddess you right. know, to document their, <laughs> their health record. Um, yeah. So when you check in at the front desk, you know, of course, usually there's some type of like if it's an if you're a new patient, you probably have new patient forms. I think even when we have follow-up patients we have follow-up forms so there's going to be like at least some type of minor paperwork that you're going to have to do and then confirming your insurance information and stuff and that could take honestly you know 30 seconds versus if it's someone who's a brand new patient who um and that's why i think you know when patients make appointments especially new patient make appointments um we ask them to do their paperwork online if they can because i think it, it varies extremely wildly about how much like how many questionnaires and different like you know pieces of paperwork that need to be filled out before you can even like fully be checked in for your appointment. Well, it and happens so, all the time for sure. Yeah. When I go to different doctor's offices, it's it's so variable and ours is a million questions. It sucks. And so when you make your appointment, they say, you know, either fill it out before you come or show up 15 minutes early, but nobody hears that. And I completely, like I said, I showed up at 9.15 for my 9.15 appointment. And if they hand me questions, I'm like, oh man. No, oh, I got to be real fast with this. <laughs> and, and now we're sort of mandated to, at least our office is mandated to collect that information electronically. So now you're handing somebody an iPad, which you know, or like a tablet, 
Um, and uh, yeah, why am I a- why am I answering those questions, Julie? That's a good point. Like, I know why do I have to answer all these questions? Are you just gonna ask me these questions when you come in? And the idea is to sort of streamline things so that they can be quicker, so that you're not you're spending you know less time giving the doctor like all of your medications and all of your past surgical history. Like the idea is to have all that information ahead of time so that when you're in the room with the clinician, you're just really drilling down to like the main, the chief complaint, the the, the, re, the reason why you're there. Right. Um, and not like, you know, spending 15 minutes on, you know, when you had your wisdom teeth taken out. Well, right. So, and there's things that are federally mandated. There's things that are mandated by insurance companies that we have to record. Like mm-hmm. every time you come in, I have to ask you if you smoked or not, if you smoke or not. And that's important medicine. But, you know, again, we, we, we do sports medicine, but if, so if you're coming in for left knee pain and I have to take time out of your appointment to say like, are you smoking? You can, you can fill that out on the form and it's in there. So we're, we're just trying to get to the reason you got there and getting the information that we need to have recorded. So the forms are cumbersome, but do them before you show up and you will get back in the room faster. I promise. Totally. And I think sometimes too, like, I feel like when I've talked to patients and when, as they're filling out their forms, because so a big chunk of the forms is like your, all of your past medical history stuff. Right. Um, and, but then a big part, yeah, the second part of it is like, it is some, some more background on why you're there today. And I think it, it really may, it'll, it, I think it helps in two ways. One, I think as the patient, when you're putting your thoughts down on paper or on, you know, like on a tablet or whatever, or doing it on your computer, like it does kind of help you to organize your thoughts a little bit of like, oh yeah, when did this start? Uh, let me think. It started around Christmas time, I think, you know, like it helps you to kind of like organize the, your story a little bit, which makes things easier for you in the long run. Right. And um, vice, vice versa, Julie, yeah. when, when it does ask you what your problem is on the forms you do not have to give us every single detail i promise we will ask you the question about what's going on with you you can write my left knee has been hurting for three months and that's good it's it's all it's all we need so i do sometimes get a form where there's like uh, a novel and you know it took the person a long time to do it because they wanted to make sure we got all the information and i understand why it's confusing but again you don't need to do that yeah, you can be pretty terse in it. But I mean, I read all that stuff. Even if somebody wrote a ton, I, sure. I mean, you're it is respect- really helpful you're, information. You're a respectful person, Julie. Of course well, you're yeah, going to well, that, that was the, the second part uh, of, of like, I think like gathering that information is that th- then I have like a quick visual of like, okay, cool, cool, cool. I've got a, I've got a good flavor. So when I walk in this room, I have a better understanding of how, how I can maximize my time with that person. And really, because there's a lot, you know, like, you know, sometimes if some, if, yeah, like my knee is hurt for three months. You could, I mean, I could talk to that person for 45 minutes about that, but I don't, I don't have that time. So like, it, it's nice to compartmentalize things and sort of move things along a little bit. Because really in the end, w- what I want to do is not, once I'm in there with a the patient and talking, th- like, and like actually finally trying to solve the problem, it really that time should be mainly for listening. For me, shutting up and listening to that patient and, um, you know, like, letting them feel heard because the rest of it of like, you know, clicking things on a computer with your back turned to them is not, that's not medicine and that's not fulfilling for the doctor or the patient, you know? Yeah. You, you brought up a really good one too. So I I've sat in a waiting room before and was waiting my turn patiently, probably on my phone because that's what everybody does. And you know, I watch somebody else come in and I'm like, I wonder who they're seeing. And then they sit down and they, you know, a couple other people go and then that person gets called and you're like, what the hell? I was, I, what the hell? I, 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 I was here first. Mm-hmm. I was here first. 
Mm-hmm. I was here first. What is going on? So what? how do you answer that? What's going on in that situation? Yeah, that's that's a rough one. I mean, for the most part, our front desk staff will always take people in the order of their appointment time. You know, um, every once in a while, and this has happened where somebody comes like two hours early. I don't know. Have you have you ever gotten yes. that, Jeremy? Yes. We're like, and I think it's just sort of like, oh, okay, you're you're here. So if I can take someone early, especially like sometimes people are coming in for just like a quick injection, like it's like their their second part of a, a series of a three part injection series, or like someone something that I know is going to take me less than three minutes to do. Um, sometimes I'll, you know, that that's a a specific circumstance will be like yeah yeah yeah, i'll get that person back but for the most part like everybody's being checked in and brought back in the order of their appointment time um well there's other providers too right so sometimes like when people get called back you're not being told sometimes people are coming in for a very specific reason they come in and they just need to get like their blood drawn or some people are just getting an injection and walking out and there's no talking whatsoever it's basically like (laughs) it's over and so uh my my explanation to you would be is it's probably because they're not actually ahead of you in the queue Although yeah. you you can keep your guard up, but I've never seen a time where actually somebody was forgotten about and not called in the right order, at least in yeah. my experience. Yeah, I think it's pretty. I mean, you'd have to have a really busy waiting room, which, it, yeah, for for me, I mean, I operate out of three different physical offices and I will tell you they are all very much night and day, very different about, you know, how busy the waiting room is and how many how many um, providers are there that day and it, it does make a huge difference. I mean, I, I'm sometimes I'm the only person in an entire office and sometimes I'm one of 15 different providers in, in that office. So it's, it, you know, it, it just depends on, on the, on the location and, and how many people are, how many, how many providers are seeing patients and such as well. All right. So these, these, you know, we're stuck in the waiting room. We're not getting called. We're not getting called. We showed up right on time for our appointment. Now it's, you know, 10, 15 minutes ahead of, behind our appointment time. And then right. what, what's happening? So I finally get called. I'm ready. And then yes. what's happening then? So you're probably going to get, not always, but you'll probably get some vital signs done, which is everybody's least favorite part. <laughs> yeah. Everybody always loves the the um, the vitals person who doesn't say their weight out loud. <laughs> yeah. Or like they're taking your blood pressure and like, think of something beautiful and nice. You're like, I'm at the doctor's right. office and I also just waited. I'm not. Yeah. Sure. I'm like super mad. I'm going to be glad that mm-hmm. if, if my blood pressure is anywhere close mm-hmm. to being normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and And oftentimes too. So like, you know, that's that's the thing that stinks is like when you when you know when you think it's like ah it's my turn it's ready to go and then it's like ooh sorry it's just your vitals ooh yeah. you got to keep or, or to office, you you like need to go get an X ray right so they're like okay yeah. X ray called me and then you go back and you're like you're back in the waiting room you had your X ray done you're like I have to be up though right because they just did my X ray <laughs> exactly. I know I'm it, moving up there yeah. yeah but then you wait another thirty five minutes because Ugh. actually the X ray had an opening and you your appointment wasn't up so that that's secondary it's like teasing it's like a shot fake I know so. I know. Oh, totally. Yeah. And you're like, it was my, t- oh yeah, yeah, we, I get it. And, and I try to minimize that. I feel like if you can, the, I feel like our staff tries to not fake you out, <laughs> but you just, you're just trying to, especially with really busy practices or when there's multiple providers, like you're just trying to like get people and get the things done that they need to do so that they can have the, like the, the time in like one on, you know, mano a mano in the actual exam room but yeah it sucks when you get faked out i i hate that feeling i've been there before where you think it's your turn and then it's like 
All right, uh, Ms. Bruni, uh, we'll, we'll go back in the waiting room to watch some more television. We'll yeah. call you. And it's like, no, I was so close. <laughs> so so I have another scenario for you, right? So you get your vital, yeah. you have your x-ray, you're back in the room. So now you're like there, right? Except for right. going back to my anecdote where I waited there 90 minutes and I know. figured they that's were the, Oh, that's the worst. So, and I but, do not blame people for opening the door and being yeah. like, yo. Yeah. I, I do kind of blame people because it gives me really <laughs> bad anxiety when people it do does. that. So like, I, I never want to do that either. So, But so here, here's, here's my scenario to you so you're sitting there you're sitting there you've been waiting a while whatever and then the door opens so you're like yes i'm up and a medical student walks in (laughs) again it's that oh i'm so close or maybe not maybe you're like great here's someone who's actually gonna listen to my complaint right good just barf it out here now you know what what do you do uh dr bruni when the medical student walks in and you're the patient are you are you pretty good about yeah okay yep i'll give you my history medical student good education are you kind of like is the doctor coming anytime i know and i do not blame patients that that you can tell are like i I don't know very 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 infrequently does someone say like i don't want to talk to you I only want to talk to the doctor and and like a part of me totally understands that like they're already annoyed they've already been waiting for a long time and they don't I mean to have one more hurdle I totally get it but I think the vast majority of people understand and you know when they are coming to teaching institutions that you know you're gonna have somebody you you may have someone that's either a student or a resident or a fellow or or the physician assistant or the athletic trainer who's the physician extender and it's hard because you know, um, here's one thing that I want to make a, a point about is I, I anybody who is working with me that day, I, I always want to make sure that they are introducing themselves and so that the patient knows exactly who they are. Because that's one thing that I wouldn't I, I don't think is OK is when the patient doesn't have really an understanding of like, who who is this person? Who are you like? What's 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 your role? Like. You know, our, so I always make sure, like you say, hi, I'm Jeremy and I'm the medical student working with Dr. Bruni today. You know, is it okay if I talk to you a little bit about why you came in today? Or if it's my athletic trainer, who's my physician extender, Megan, who is the queen of everything, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, she introduced herself like, hey, I'm Megan. I'm a physician extender working with Dr. Bruni. Let's talk about why you're here. So I always want to make sure it's very, very clear to the patient who's talking to them um because i don't know i don't know about you jeremy i don't i typically don't wear a white coat when i'm um I'm in very, the office i'm very anti-white coat i I don't like the white coat also I, it gives me a reason to tell people they can't have white coat hypertension because <laughs> you just it. like the dad the, the doctor dad joke of it yeah. all yeah see well we said that there would be dad jokes yeah, i can't leave we, out we warned them we warned i think them. i made it actually a few minutes without one so we, we, we gotta get <laughs> it in there but like i i always try to remind myself with people like medical students that I'm going to eventually be older and not doing this anymore. And I need someone to take care of me. And if we're not teaching these people how to do it, they're not going to be, they're not going to exist. So, (laughs) and and frankly, I'm, I'm probably obviously we're more tolerant of it because we Mm -hmm. went through the medical education. Remember how crappy it feels to be a medical student walking in the room. You feel you're wearing this like awkward, short white coat. Everybody's Mm -hmm. looking at you weird. You have this imposter syndrome. Like I shouldn't be here. I don't know what I'm doing. I think I know what I'm doing, but then I come in here and you're like, oh, they see right through me. They see right through me. And it reminds me of uh, the nobody likes me, everybody hates me. I guess I'll go eat worms. (laughs) Yeah. So maybe, so maybe actually my take home message for those listening is that's what the medical students thinking. So be nice and just, (laughs) just tell them what's wrong with you. And if you don't want to tell them everything, just tell them enough that they can come back and present to the doctor. Yeah. Uh, but they they are they feel so uncomfortable I because know. they they know that you don't want to be talking to them so i guess totally. just, just be generous with their yeah, for sure. we for were sure. all we were both medical students once i still feel that pain 
No, I skipped medical school. I did, they told me I didn't Ooh, have to. I just, we should have addressed that before. The, I did. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> this podcast may have to be rethought. <laughs> I will be finding you my replacement next week. So we, 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 we've brought up a lot of things. And I think one of the things that this has led to is kind of talking about the overall time aspect of it. We haven't really said the word minutes or anything like that to explain yeah. why it's all getting backed up. But ultimately, I think it comes down to there's a template, right? And the template has, 50, in our case, 15-minute appointments. It would depend on specialty. And if we start at 8.30 in the morning and we go to 3.30 and hypothetically maybe have like a half hour that's blocked off for what was labeled as lunch, but isn't really lunch. But you know, you have a certain amount of appointments, somewhere like 24 appointments, and those get filled up. And so when the eight o'clock, 830 appointment shows up, the person walks in the door and there's nobody in rooms. And hypothetically, if that 830 showed up at 830 and checked in, that person's actually getting sent back for x-rays. So now it's 840, 845. Then they get their vitals. So now we're talking 850, 855. Mm -hmm. And then they get in the room and then we go in. And it, even if we're like, Perfect. We're like, we're standing there as they room it. So now we're talking 8.55 to 9 o'clock for that 8.30 yeah. a patient, right? And that, that person was on time, but that's how long it takes. So now every patient that we see has that experience. And so if you get to 10 patients in and everybody's behind a little bit just because of these little uh, minutes, mm -hmm. it, it, it adds up, right? So five minutes on every patient is then 50 minutes behind. And so it's right. a million little, million little paper cuts that are, are yep. leading to this happening. So, you know, I'm, I'm breaking, I'm causing problems by showing up right on time for my appointment. And, and, and I know yeah. that as a, as a physician and it still doesn't break my behavior. So I, <laughs> I, I totally understand, but, yeah. but that, that, that is kind of everything we've talked about at this point can be linked back to kind of like, that's how a physician schedule runs. Yeah. And, and, and to help that, that's why we have people like physician extenders and why we have, you know, certain physicians. I don't have a, I don't use a PA. Um, I use an athletic trainer as my physician extender. Again, Megan, she's the queen of everything. Um, but the, the idea behind that is to increase our efficiency and to, to get us, you know, to keep us on time and to move things along. And then also to help us with the tasks that come up throughout the day while we're seeing patients, like we're still fielding phone calls. We're still fielding, you know, like sometimes urgent stuff comes in that needs to, you know, needs to be dealt with. Not, not you can't wait till the, all the way to the end of the day. So it's really helpful to have those, those, those advanced practice providers to, to help us divide and conquer what's happening directly in front of us. And what's also happening the tending to the needs of our patients that may be, you know, via the telephone or via a patient portal where it's like, Ooh, this is something that's coming up. I don't want this person to have to wait until two, three hours from now when I might have a, a break to sit down and, and, and do it. So I, I, I just, I think the, I can't say enough good things about the utilization of advanced practice providers. I think that it really improves ease of access for patients. They are trained by the physician. We work side by side um, and they can be the ones to get the ball rolling. They can order the tests. They can get your story. They can look through your records. Um, and I personally, I know, you know, um, I would utilize you know, a physician's PA, you know, exclusively for an appointment and have absolutely no problem with that. Um, you know, based on interactions that I've had both as a physician and as a patient, you know? Yeah, totally. I, 
I would so advanced practice pr- uh, um, provider can be like a PA or a nurse practitioner or athletic trainer. So there's a lot of different people mm-hmm. are probably familiar with that. And I've also want to point out that you've now brought up yours twice and called her the queen <laughs> of everything. And now because I need to save my own career, I should mention <laughs> that Emily is my athletic trainer and she's fantastic. In case she's listening, um, Emily is unbelievable. Yeah, so as well. I just you've put me in a spot where that had to had to be said. Um, the I think the last point I really want to make is one of the big things that I talk about both in my personal life, but also sometimes to patients is the way to stay on time and spend more time with patients would be to see less patients. So Mm -hmm. if I took a 24 patient schedule that I just mentioned and made it a 14 patient schedule because I did half hour appointments, I'd probably be on time and I'd probably be able to spend more time with you. There are reasons that can't happen both from a like legitimate billing aspect. Like we have Mm -hmm. to be able to to produce enough revenue to keep the lights on and be sustainable. And that's Mm -hmm. just the reality of business. Anybody who has a job knows that it's outside of medicine. But then the second part of that is it creates a longer wait to see me, right? So if you call up the office and you say, I want to see Dr. Allen because I hurt my knee and I'm doing that 14 patient, 30 minute schedule. Well, now you're not seeing me for six weeks versus if I do the 24 patients, you're seeing me in maybe one to two weeks. And that means you may have to wait on probably my worst day, maybe an hour. Like Mm -hmm. I try to stay on time. I know you do too, Julie, but on my worst day, maybe like an hour behind, but then you get to see me earlier. So it's that trade-off aspect of it that sometimes gets lost. And I think most people want to be seen sooner for their issues rather than like know that their doctor is going to be on time, but see them six weeks from now. Yeah, absolutely. Like less time that you're worried, less time that you're in pain, less time that you're having to modify your activities because the thing hurts and you can't do the regular stuff you like to do. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this through a filter of a sports medicine, like orthopedic lens you know, yeah, but there's a million other reasons why why people make appointments. But yeah, I like every time I make a doctor's appointment, it's because I'm worried about a thing. And the less time that I have to worry about that thing, <laughs> the happier I am. So yeah, I, I think it is a very delicate balance of trade off of and and I think that we try to we try to stay malleable and creative. Like personally, I have certain days of the week where I don't have like a typical like eight to three or eight to three thirty schedule. I'll do. Like on Tuesdays, for example, I start at 11 a.m. And my last patient appointment, I think, is like at 6. So there's no like like lunch break in the middle of that like there would be at like the noon hour, right? So I had to figure out times. And for a while, I was like, well, I don't, I could just see patients all the way through. And I realized that was the dumbest decision I could ever make. Because like you said, Jeremy, when you have that backup of, you know, if you have 10 patients in a row that are five minutes behind... That's why we build in a lunch hour, quote unquote, or a lunch break or something, because that just that literally just gives you time to catch up from the morning into the afternoon. So what I did, you know, for my Tuesday schedule, because it was sort of shifted into an evening hour was have like two or three, you know, um, 15 to or like like block off, you know two 15-minute appointments every two or three hours. That way I never, I always had a little bit of catch-up time all the way through. And I think that's, and that's something I had to learn after several years of practice. And that, you know, because all of a sudden it would be 3.30 and I would be drowning, you know, and I would be anxious and patients would be unhappy and I would be, you know, an hour behind and it would just be, it's super dissatisfying to the, to the patients and it's super dissatisfying and anxiety inducing for me too. And so, yeah, um, you know, you, you can definitely you know, get creative with your schedule and, 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 you know, block things off and it makes sense. 
This was so much fun. I I cannot wait for the rest of the intrusive thoughts that we have for the intrusive waiting room thoughts like this. I hopefully this segment was fun for everybody else, and we're gonna try to keep debunking all the other stuff that that exists out there. But uh, yeah, I had so much fun, Julie. Me too. There will be no shortage of these, I don't think. I think <laughs> we could go on and on like this forever, but thankfully we won't. Um, well, I think we effectively answered today, Jeremy. What What the health? What do you think? I think so too. I think so too. That's a podcast episode. We did it. <laughs> that's that's a, that's a podcast. Uh, awesome. Again, I'm uh, Dr. Julie Bruni. Uh, please feel free to look for me on Instagram at Julia Bruni MD. Uh, Jeremy, what's uh, where can they find you on the socials? Yeah, Jeremy Allen MD on Instagram. Again, Jeremy Allen MD <laughs> at Instagram. We also, yeah, we also have uh, www.whatthehealthpodcast.com. Uh, Is that correct, Jeremy? Totally. Yeah. Get on there. Do it. So, so much fun, Julie. Can't wait for the next one. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. Bye bye. <laughs> The amazing music is credited to Skillcell with Pixabay licensure. What the Health Podcast is meant for educational and entertainment purposes only. The contents of this podcast should not be taken as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. Please consult a medical professional for any medical issues that you may be having. The contents of this podcast are the opinions of the hosts only and do not reflect the opinions of their employers or affiliations. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast. Under no circumstances shall Dr. Julie Bruni or Dr. Jeremy Allen or any guest to the podcast be responsible for damages arising from use of the podcast. Thank you.